If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. Welcome to the Sal and Adam Show. Woo! Boo! Yeah. <laughs> this is- no Justin. Then we can, now we can talk about cool stuff. <laughs> we talk about macros. Justin's not here. We're going to talk about macros for an, for an hour. I hope everybody's ready. Bro, how did you feel after... So I don't think it's coincidence that the day after I took you through those deadlifts with the bands that you had such a heavy squat session. I feel like following my routine... <laughs> you want to take credit for made it? Made you stronger. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I tell you what, a couple of things that um, I... I, and I, I will attribute to this to you. And it's this is one of the parts I love about all of us hanging out together. It doesn't even matter. Even a guy like me, and I don't know if you can you can uh, admit to this or maybe you've had a similar situation, but there's a lot of things sometimes that even when you know, you know the science, you know what you're supposed to do, you still have a habit of doing- Of course, you get stuck. You get yeah, stuck in your you own know, way, yeah. and being around you and Justin- and doing mind pump for as long as we've been doing now for and, and hanging out together and just talking about program design and, and the importance of training. I, you know, I have never squatted and deadlifted so much in my life. I've squatted and deadlifted more in the last three years than I have in the 15 previous years, mm-hmm. total combined. I mean, literally. And you look a lot different. I, I mean, you're the, the, I was telling you this when we were working out. The thickness in your in the your middle of your back, you now have depth to it, whereas before you really wide, now you've got all this depth to your back. Of course, your legs are growing. And guess what's not growing? Your waist. Yeah. You know that whole myth about it's not. Yeah. And you're a lot stronger in your deadlifts. I mean, you pulled, we, we did what, 545 the other day, which is a PR for you. Yeah. Um, I mean, before that, the heaviest you would ever go up to would be 400, but you never even really deadlifted that much. No, no, not at all. Not at yeah. all. It, I mean, it's been... Uh it's been fun. And, you know, <clears throat> when I was doing the whole competing thing, I was so focused on aesthetics, aesthetics, and this whole shit talking between you and I has got me back into <laughs> yeah. like, you know, focus on strength. Sure, sure, and, sure. And, I, and I've enjoyed it. It's been, a, it's been a blast. And, you know, I get a lot of people keep asking me like, you know, are you going to compete again? What, are you going to do classics? When's your next show? And Yeah, what's the deal? Well, I, I haven't committed to anything yet, and I, and I won't. I won't yet because I, I do, I'm enjoying where I'm at right now. Because I'm, they have the new organization that's coming out, yeah, right? Was a, it NPC Global? Yeah, there's they call so it? much shit going and on. And there's bro. a lot of like, there's like a war between them and the and the IFBB right now. I was trying to think of an analogy to give our listeners to like what's going on. I'm trying and when to- we say war, like ladies and gentlemen, I don't mean just a regular competitive war. No. I mean personal. That People are talking shit on a personal level. Well, I was trying to think of a an analogy that would give that we've had in, in you know, uh, America and business or like that in the last 20 to 30 years of two companies that were like literally going after each other's throats. I can't think of something so no. like this. No, it's like politics. This is like, you know, when politicians start ripping each other, yeah. mudslinging. I mean, they're getting to that point and it's, it's ugly, but there's a lot of, um, there's, a, it seems to me like there's a lot of resentment and a lot of anger that's underneath. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like you work for someone for so long and you fucking hate them, but you don't say anything for a long time. Yeah. And then you finally leave and then you're like, I'm free now. Now I can say what I really feel. It feels like that to me. I don't know the whole deal, but that's what it feels like. Well, you know, we we recently had, you know, Joe on our show. And, you know, unfortunately, we had to cut all this stuff that was inside the, inside the, inside the episode because he, he revealed so much stuff uh, behind the scenes. And 
since I don't really give a shit about getting sued by IFBB or anybody like that, you know, I'll, I'll go and talk about some of this stuff. And s- some of the things that are, are going on, like you said, is, you know, you have a guy, Lee Thompson, who used to be, you know, uh, an executive uh, and a part of the IFBB, and he was in charge of the Texas area. And during the time that he had a hold of Texas, he made it one of the most profitable areas. I think it was the, I think they had the the best shows. Yes. Considered like yeah. in terms of attendance. Yeah. And Revenue right. and attendance. Right. And, you know, so, and he actually kind of branded that area as himself, even though he was under IPB, he kind of branded it under himself and, and Texas as his shows. And, and I, what I don't know, like Joe knows, obviously those guys more on a personal level. I do know that, you know, something has caused some serious animosity between the two. Well, something that stands out to me and, and, and I'm going to preface this by saying nobody has said anything to me, uh, you know, so I don't know, but I'm just talking from an outsider looking in. One of the things that they're doing in the new organization is they're putting the judging up on, I guess, like big screens for the audience to see while it's going on. Yeah. Now, what that tells me as a spectator, as a person who who used to really follow the sport, is that there must have been some major corruption going on in the judging uh, uh, for them to make that uh, such a big deal. You know what I mean? Like, this is one of our signature differences is that we're putting the judging up on these big screens while we're doing it. That's That means it must have been horrible before. And you hear rumors, you talk to competitors, I'm not going to name anybody, but they would tell about how, you know, judging would get changed last minute or if this guy said the right thing, we want that guy because he's, you know, to, to support our products and our supplements, we're going to make sure he wins. And there's a lot of shows like that where you see the winner and you're like, that guy, it's not really even close. Like, he shouldn't have won, you know? Yeah, you know, and that's... <clears throat> and I have a lot of buddies that have, uh, that have competed and have shared very similar stories to me where, you know, they'd be on stage and, you know, they see, they see a judge like, it, you know, somebody lean in their ear and whisper in their ear when somebody comes, somebody comes up on stage, you know, and they're, and they're leaning like that's back. the guy. Yeah. You know, and, and then all of a sudden, you know, sure as shit, that person's in the, the top five, if not number one. And, you know, a lot of these guys all tend to have similar coaches sponsored by similar companies that happen to be sponsoring the show also. So there's a lot of stuff like that. And I, I have to admit that when I, when I first came into the league, I was on a mission to prove otherwise because it's just not my mentality. If th- those are all rumors. I haven't gone through it myself. So when I get into the league, I was like, okay, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to prove that if I bring my A game and I'm better than everybody else and it's undeniable that I am, that I'll be rewarded well, for that's, it. See, now that's that's a very uh, logical way to go into it because it's easy to think, well, these people talking shit, they just must be sore losers. Exactly. You know what I mean? They're just making excuses, right? Exactly. That's kind of the mentality I would go in with as well. What did you find? It, well, so when I went in, <clears throat> and this is what I did. So when I first, before I hopped on stage the very first time, because I had buddies that were already pros, I looked at them and I said, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to build a pro physique. I'm going to build my physique until I, until, and I'm not going to get on stage even at the amateur level until I feel like I could stand next to a pro buddy of mine and I could say I have a comparable physique. I may not have a better physique aesthetic wise or conditioning wise, but if I could say that I could at least compete with them, I should be able to run through the amateur. Right. So that was like my mentality. And that's what I did. I I kept training and training and training. And, you know, I would, I would do my little mini bulk and then I would cut down and then assess my physique. And then I'd go back to a little bit of bulk again, then then go back to my cut and then assess my, and I kept doing this and assessing my, my, my weaknesses and, and trying to build this physique. And then when I finally thought, okay, 
I'm here. I've, arri- I've arrived to where I'm, I'm proud enough of my physique that I should be able to get on stage and present. And then, and then of course, you have your your presence, your hair, your tan, your your shorts. Those things matter too. It's not like you sure. just got to have the bad physique. You got to have some presence. And so I figured, okay, if I have if I now brought one of the best physiques to stage, as long as I have decent posing, you know, I should be able to hang in the top five. And my very first show, <clears throat> I'll never forget this because everybody that had seen me. Like everybody already on social media was tagging me and saying like, oh, this is no, this is the number one guy. This is the guy who's going to win this show. It's amateur, amateur show. And I had, like I said, I had brought a pretty sick physique for an amateur. And everyone's tagging me and saying that. The coaches are all, oh, yeah, Adam this, Adam that. I got to the uh, place. And I'm, I'm not letting that, none of that get in my head. I'm still competing. I'm still, you know, hey, I got to bring my shit. I got to be on my A-, A game. I get there and I get backstage and we're getting ready. And all the competitors are walking up to me. And they're like, hey, who's your coach? What do you, who does this? Who does that? And I'm like, oh, I do all my own stuff, this and that. And they're like, man, how long have you been training for this and that? And they're like, man, well, I hope I, I hope I make top five. You're you're for sure gonna get first. You're right. for all the guy, all the competitors I'm about to compete against. And you're looking at them too, and you're probably thinking, I mean, how do they look? I mean, they, some of them look decent, you know, and and there was probably a couple of guys for sure there that I thought, you know, we comparable. Now that sounds really probably arrogant to the average listener. Well, I don't but, think what a lot of people don't realize is that the difference between when you go to an amateur show, you could have a lot of people that don't that don't really look, you know, that awesome on stage. Now, when you go to a pro show, everybody looks awesome. Yes. But when you're an amateur, because I've been to amateur bodybuilding shows, and there might be one guy up there where you're like, wow, that looks really good. And everybody else kind of looks like it's their first time. They work out, and there's guys in the gym that work out, and they're going to try and get on stage. Some people show up, they don't even have abs. You know, you see that. At oh, exa- exactly. At an amateur show... Um, it's pretty, that's a bulk of what you see, because if you have a pro type physique or you have a badass physique, you have no business at the amateur show. You're either at a national show or you've already made it to the pro level. So, you know, and because that's my mentality was I'm going to build a pro physique before I even hit the first stage. I thought, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna kill it. You know, I'm gonna do really well as long as, like I said, as long as I get the posing out. And I, and by far, when I first hit there, my posing was subpar for sure. I was not a great poser whatsoever. I made a mistake on my uh, my lat pose when I turned around. I squeezed my shoulder blades together, and it looks terrible and for pictures and in stage. And that matters. I'm sure I got dock mm-hmm. points for that. But what happened was, you know, I'm looking at the guys and I'm thinking like, ah, oh, okay. You know, maybe I got to be at least top three, but maybe if I'm lucky, I get first place because, and then I, I come, I come up on stage and they call us all out and the way they do it, they call you all out. They look at everybody. And then after they've looked at everybody, then they call out the next, the top five and and what they, who they first call out. Yeah. First call outs, what they call it. And it's not for sure yet, but that's pretty, that's the, the head judge is basically saying, this is what he or she thinks is the top five. And then from there, they kind of you know, decipher on who's going to be first, second or third or fifth. Right. So I don't even get called out top five and I'm sitting off to the side. I'm like, and I'm looking at guys, the guys who was in the fourth and fifth position and dude, you couldn't see any abs. They are just, they just, they had like little boy physiques. And I'm like, and, and, and and in my head, I'm thinking it's because I'm not the type of person that thinks that the, the politics or anything like that. I came in with that mentality. I'm sticking with the, that mentality that I can control this. If I come in badass. I'm looking at these, these two guys and they're posing as horrible. Cause then I thought, okay, I know I'm not a great poser. So that could probably hurt me. And I'm thinking like, well, maybe it hurt me so bad. I didn't even crack the top five, my posing. But then I'm looking at these two guys, not only are their physiques terrible, but they're also posing worse than me, like worse, just, just not being able to hold themselves right at all. And just looked and I'm like, what the fuck? So what happened? 
Well, then we go. That was the morning, right? The prejudging. So I'm pretty bummed out. And uh, the way it works too. So if top three, first, second, and third are qualified for nationals, you are now, you graduate from the amateur level and you get to go to a national level show because you can't become pro until you go to a national show. You have to win that and, and then you become pro. Yes. So I'm like all frustrated. Well, I have a buddy of mine who works for, works for one of the company who, and I won't put his name or any companies out there because I don't want for, to protect him. And he leans over to me right before I walk on stage and I show and I'm all in a bad mood. And uh, he goes, Hey, you got fourth. I go, what? Well, I wasn't even in first call outs. He's like, yeah, yeah, no, you got fourth before I even hit stage. So they changed it. Yeah, they changed it. And, you know, after that all happened, I got my fourth. I was happy. See, now if they showed the judging up on the screen the whole time, then people would know what just happened. But nobody knows what happened. Nobody knows. Yeah. And even I don't know. The only thing I can speculate is this, is the political side of who should be where was probably all placed where they're supposed to. And I'm pretty sure because my physique was that. They said, we got to put him at least here. Exactly. We got to at least put him up in the top five. And what do they do? They put me fourth place. Not even fifth. Yeah. Which keeps me from going to the national. Keeps me from going national, which means I have to do another amateur show before I can even get qualified. And so I was like, okay. So that was like my first experience with it. But then, like I said, I still have the attitude that I'm going to, you know, keep bringing it. And, and I, and, I went to the judges afterwards and I asked what they thought and they were like, Oh, well, you know, you need to work on your posing this night. I was like, okay, I knew that was coming, you know, so I I gotta get better at my posing. Got it. Uh, what else? Oh, you know, you know, you're, you're kind of big, you're kind of big this and that. I'm like, kind of big. Fuck. I'm tiny right now. dude. I'm six, three, 201 pounds, dude. Like, and I actually was probably less than that because I weighed 201 pounds three days before I took off to Sacramento before I pulled a bunch of water. So I was probably about 197, 196 pounds when I hit stage. For me, that's super skinny, right, you right. know? And I was like, what? And I was, you know, so I'm like kind of uh, kind of frustrated. And one of the other judges walks behind me and he puts his hand on my back and he says, hey, man, you looked awesome out there. I said, well, I wish all the other judges agreed with you. And he goes, Don, what did they say to you? And I said, well, they told me I was too big and this and that. And he goes, you're, you're not too big. He says, you already have a pro physique right now. Just... Just come back. Just get to another show. You'll be fine. And he tells me that. And I was like, okay. And so that so you're was starting to see that there's a little bit of a game. Yeah. You know, and so, and that, that's my personal experience. Now I don't have any proof on what exactly happened behind the scenes or this or that. Well, there's enough rumors you hear from enough people where you, you, you know that there's some, there's at least some level of that that seems to be going on. Yeah. And if it wasn't, then why would they make such a big deal about this new organization? One of the, one of the big pluses about it, the one that they're advertising is that, we're going to put judging up on the screen for everybody to see. And that was for the spectators, but I think it was also for the hardcore the, the, the hardcore spectators, but also for the competitors. I think the competitors have complained enough to where, you know, Lee's like, I'm going to start this new organization, and guess what, guys? We're going to have the judging up the whole time. So you see what's going on. What, you know it, what I'm saying? Which I think is so awesome. Smart. It takes away, smart. It takes away that factor. You know, whether... Yeah, if it's true or not, Exactly. Right? Whether it's true or not, it just takes that away right away that, hey, you are seeing the live judging right now. It is what it is. You know, they're they're putting it up there, so... Well, let me let me ask you this. So, we don't know all, all the details of this new organization, but I will ask you... Uh, uh, let me ask you this, Adam. Since you compete and you're, you know, you, you've competed as a pro in the IFBB, uh, what changes would you like to see that maybe they would do in this new organization? And maybe to judging or... What one thing I've always heard a lot of, uh, you know, um, 
people kind of complain about or talk about is the board shorts that it doesn't get somebody who's got developed legs to even show them at all. Yeah. Maybe to, ch- to shift to shorter board shorts or, you know, short, you know, well, in the, tighter <clears throat> shorts. in the defense of the IFBB, I, and I don't know if this is a tactic on their part because they, because of this whole split and now the new mm-hmm. league coming in, maybe this is their way. Cause originally, so I have a personal friend of mine who has emailed the president of IFBB and communicated with a bunch of the judges and stuff about, about that. Like, Hey, you know, what about us men's physique guys that train our legs? Are you guys ever thinking about creating a division where we show our legs and that? And they all told him, no, no, no. The whole reason why we created men's physique was to separate it from bodybuilding. That's too much like bodybuilding. We're never going that direction. So this is like emails. And he showed me this stuff. This is like maybe eight months to a year ago when he was asking this, when men's physique was going on, because he was getting told he was getting too big for men's physique. So he tells me all this and I'm like, okay, it looks like IFB, but he's never doing that. Well, all of a sudden this whole division between the, you know, NPC global, the new division that's, or the new company that's starting. And now all of a sudden IFBB rolls out with this classic physique. Right. And now the classic physique is designed. It's that, supposed to be in between physique and bodybuilding. And they wear these little tiny shorts right. that show the quads off. You know, what's interesting to me. It, uh, <clears throat> Part of it, okay, when you see really muscular legs, that looks more like bodybuilding. I guess, I mean, but physique guys, upper bodies look like fucking bodybuilders. Um, but here's the other part. When you start squatting heavy to build your legs, your upper body starts to grow a little bit too. You start to look stronger. Oh, yeah. And more like, you know, like someone who can move some weight. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I've definitely, um, if you were to like measure inches and stuff on like my arms and forearms and-, and uh, You're bigger, dude. You're you're bigger now than when I well, first met you. See, I think I, I look bigger, but technically I'm really not. You know, I'm really, uh, it's, I'm, I'm denser, so I'm heavier and I look bigger. I get, you know what the term might be to use? You look stronger. Yeah. Does that make sense? Oh yeah, no, absolutely. That's like when I look, when I look like we talked about Joe. When you look at Joe, when he was hanging out with us, like, yeah, you could tell he's strong. Yeah, you, you can always tell when somebody. You cannot always. I can't. I, I hate. I'm not going to say that. I'll tell you why. Years ago at the Arnold Classic, there was this. Uh, I went to the Arnold Classic Festival. There was this. I don't know who it was. Professional arm wrestler, little skinny black dude. I swear to God, he probably weighed 150 pounds. There was a line of people lined up arm wrestling him, and he was just. And they were all bodybuilders, and he was just one after another. No way. Yeah. So you can't always tell when somebody's really strong, <laughs> but a lot of the times you could tell, and you know, especially when somebody doesn't deadlift and squats, somebody who wants to build muscle, you can you can kind of tell, and your body has changed, I think, for the more. Oh, well, I mean, that goes back to kind of what we we first started talking about, and if I could attribute anything to my my gains and growth of the couple of years, it's been it's been building our programs around mm-hmm. the squatting and deadlifting, which is what I love about maps. I mean. You, you, I can't stress that enough. I, well, the, I, other, the other thing, too, is the um, one thing that you didn't do before was utilize, um, you know, multiple sets of low, low, low reps. You know, right. two, three, four reps, right. not going to failure. You know, what have you noticed from that? Oh, huge gains, and especially strength gains. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's how I built my squats up because in the past, I would, I would squat like 10, 15 reps, and, you know, my low back would be on fire and I couldn't even get up very heavy weight. I wasn't comfortable and sitting in the hole. And that's why I didn't do it a lot. 
You know, it was like every time I did it, it was so taxing on my body and I felt it. Yeah, my legs got sore, but geez, so did my low back. And I felt I felt just wore down. It would gas me like crazy. And it was so something I just stayed away from for so long. And, you know, training to fatigue on squats is just like, <laughs> yeah, it's a nightmare, dude. Yeah. I want I would every time I leg day for me was like, you know, it was throw up day, too. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, you know, so who wants to throw up like two, three times a week? So I was always, uh, you know, the guy who. It would find every other exercise I could do before I would squat or deadlift or do any of those big compound movements. And it was partly because I still had that also that mentality of training to failure and, always, and pushing and doing higher reps. Too. Yeah. When I, when I started to drop down and, and start doing sets of three to five and, you know, just controlled and, you know, you do three sets of heavy squats, you're not gassed no. energy wise, no. you know, you feel that the massive pump and you feel it in your legs and stuff like that, but you don't, I'm not like, <sighs> right, right, right. you know, huffing and puffing afterwards, which is like, okay, I could do this, you know, and give myself adequate rest. And then it was amazing to see my body. Cause I didn't think that it was, I was hitting it hard enough for my body to respond and it actually responded better that way because I wasn't so my legs weren't so dead because that's the other thing too is I would I would train my legs so hard 20 24 sets of of something and then I then the next three to four days I didn't want to move dude I didn't want to touch them where now I'm coming back and I'm hitting my my legs are getting hit every two to three days like I'm I'm hitting my legs a a bad week for me is two two leg sessions typically I'm hitting legs three times a Mm -hmm. week um, and deadlifting, I'm getting deads, deads in there at least once a week, if not twice a week. So, and now, and, and never training to failure, always, always leaving like two in the tank. And it doesn't matter if I'm lifting super heavy or I'm repping out eight to 12 reps, I'm always still leaving two in the tank. So as somebody who competes on stage, you know, you're, you're very, um, cause you know, I'm very in tune with my body. Anybody who works out a long time, who, who takes it as serious as we do is in tune with their body. But you, because you compete on stage, you look at yourself a little bit differently, you, um, you know, you'll critique yourself from a, a cosmetic standpoint. So, uh, whereas for me, just to give an example, I do that as well. However, a lot of, uh, how I determine, you know, how I work out is based how I feel, not necessarily just how I look. Right. Cause I notice there's a different feel when I lift a certain way versus other ways, but from a cosmetic standpoint, because in the, in the maps program, we have the three different phases. One is the kind of heavy, low rep, multiple sets. Then there's the more bodybuilding-ish phase and then the the supersets with the pump and stuff. What do you notice in terms of how your body looks between the different that's phases? A, that's such a great question. And the reason why I'm so excited about us creating the evolution of MAPS because I, I, use, I use this as an analogy. <clears throat> Think about us building um, the ultimate physique. And I don't care what your goal is. Uh, it doesn't matter if you're a female trying to be, you know, super lean and sexy or your guy trying to be big and muscular or just you want to be aesthetic. It doesn't matter. Just think of the physique as the, your ultimate dream home, your ultimate dream house. And everybody wants to talk about, you know, the big picture window. It's two stories. I want to have, uh, you know, this beautiful French doors over here. They want to talk about all the, the aesthetics and the amenities in the inside the house, but nobody talks about the foundation. Nobody talks about what that house is built on. And I feel like uh, our, our MAPS program is the most solid foundation you could ever build. And for me, just doing that alone is going to get you so much further than you know 90% of the population of it. But now for the physique that I, I, I have to bring to stage, there's also an aesthetic side to it. And I feel like it, I have this really solid, dense physique right now, which the average person would look at it and be like, hey, it looks great. Mm-hmm. But I also think that there, uh, when I get ready to get ready for a show, that's when I start incorporating 
other things, other right, movements right, right. and start adding, adding to our foundation. And cause if I, cause I did a, a while there where I only ran just our maps. And like I said, to the average person would look at me and like, Oh my God, he looks great. Blah, blah, blah. But for me, knowing that I'm presenting on stage and I have to have these bubbly looking muscles, and I got to have this V taper and I have these look that becomes the more, uh, the crafting and the shaping, which honestly is a lot less work than the building the foundation. Well, the truth is we've always, I, from the very, very beginning, I've always uh, encouraged experimentation. You need to have a solid foundation. You need to have something with solid principles and concepts that work. And then from there, as you start to get to know your body, because the thing is Adam knows his body. Adam knows his body very, very well. So he can train a certain way and then start to modify and change things because he's very, very in touch with his body. However, the foundation is always is always there, like you're oh, saying. Yeah. And so we've always encouraged that. That's why when people first do the program, they're like, you know, hey, Sal, can I start modifying it? Well, why don't you go through one or two cycles at first? And then as you start to figure your body out, because I have people who tell me, look, I like to do good mornings. I've got people who say, I don't like good mornings. I like to do stiff like a deadlift. Well, then do stiff like a deadlift. They're very similar. You're starting to know your body. Pick the exercise that works better for you. Mm -hmm. um, I op personally operate, it, certain exercises operate very well in a phase one capacity for me, deadlifts. I almost always apply a phase one capacity to deadlifts because it just works well with that exercise for me. So that's kind of one of my modifications. So, but yeah, in terms of your body, you know, how does your, how, what did you notice with your body with the heavier lifting versus the more superset pump stuff? Is it is it as advertised? Did you notice the density versus the bubble? Versus oh yeah, no, I do. It's uh, it just like you just said, it's more of a dense, hard look to me. Which I think when you see me and you look at me, you think like a. You know, I look stronger to you, mm -hmm. and maybe that's the that's the look that maybe to the out, out the person outside looking in. For me, um, it it doesn't have the as much of a three dimensional look, and I think that's what the problem with a lot of men's physique guys is they have that great three dimensional look because they're constantly focused on that, but their their core and their foundation is weak. Mm -hmm. They're strong. They're strong. They're a bunch of pussies. A lot of, <laughs> I'm just gonna put it out there. There's only a handful of dudes that I know that are in men's physique that that can hang. Mm -hmm. when it comes to lifting and you know and i guess the the goal is to have that that balance you know well you know what's interesting so especially nowadays with uh the ability to promote yourself through social media and not necessarily needing to place high in contests to be successful uh strength and performance i feel like are they've always been played a big role like if you go back even in the 90s when i was really a big fan of bodybuilding certain bodybuilders got a lot more fame because they were really strong in the gym um, and I think that's even more so now. So even though you might not win a contest, if you can perform well, put you know, put up some clips and videos on your Instagram or whatever, you'll probably get more followers, I would think. Well, it's it's actually part of the reason why I started doing that again. I started yeah. actually want to be able to show. Yeah, I want to be able to you know say that like, hey, you know, it's and a lot of guys think that just because we're men's physique guys, you know, that you don't you don't train legs, you don't do stuff like that. And I'm like, no, uh, for me. I am first a, a a bodybuilder first, men's physique guy second. Men's physique, I feel like, fits my category or whatever. And maybe I don't even fit in that anymore. So at the end of the day, like I'm always trying to build the ultimate physique for me. Mm. What I think I want and what I like. And what comes with that is training fucking legs hard, training compound movements, doing things that are essential to overall strength and that overall look that I want. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna uh, sacrifice that to try and fit into a mold, and I think part of that's why 
I show more of that stuff now. Is I don't want to be the guy who just looks like he's pretty up on stage. I want to be able to perform too. And I know that I preach a lot about you know I'm all aesthetics because out of the three of us, I believe that I am I am a more aesthetically focused person. That's what I care about more. Mm-hmm. But I also I also care about that other side too. You know, and now that I've done the whole you know going to the pro level and doing that shit and proving that I can I can work my way up the you know the amateur national and then a professional level and in, in competing. You know, I, I, I've enjoyed getting back to training with like Justin and you and, and that because honestly, training like that and incorporating my functional movements and things like that, I feel better. I'm stronger. I feel it's a better. different feel. It right? Is? Oh, absolutely. I can tell when I grab, you know, when I when I stay when I move away because I like bodybuilding, too. That's that was my first love when it came to working out. Um, I really got into the old school bodybuilders later on. And they were so focused on strength that I started to really enjoy that as well. But in the very beginning, it was all about just modern bodybuilding. But I can tell when I move away from those principles, I just grab a weight and I don't feel as like solid. Like when I'm really, when I'm feeling strong, even if I'm doing isolation movements, I just feel like I could take the bar, bend it in half and freaking eat it and shit out, you know, bullets. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I just feel, you just, there's a different feel to your body. And when you're walking around, you just feel really, like I feel like I could walk through a wall. You know what I mean? So uh, anybody who works out has got to enjoy that feeling. Yeah. You, you know, regardless of how you look, it just feels great. You know what I what I trip out on too. You know, when you asked about things that I noticed that are different, is there's been a handful of times now where I've kind of stopped and like evaluated my program and going like, holy shit! Like I've literally only really done squatting, overhead presses, deadlifts, and bench as my main movements and that's it for <laughs> quite some time right now. You start to fall in love with them, dude. Yeah. Because I start the bang for your buck, dude. It's crazy. It's like just doing those staple movements. I can go in and do five to eight sets of one of those exercises and call it a pretty fucking effective workout. It's dude, cr- can you, can you even call Can you even do a back workout now without deadlifting? No, it's, it's, it's not the same, right? No, no cause I, I will it doesn't do count. No. <laughs> and, and it, and it's crazy because I'll do I'll and I'll do some heavy ass rows. I'll do some good lat pull downs, some seated row, and none of them will give me the same pump that I get if I just start my workout with deadlifts. If I start my workout with deadlifts and I go do anything else that my back yeah. just feels massive. Yeah, the other thing too is incorporating some of these advanced training techniques like progressive resistance. That's why when we worked out together, uh, so so for the listeners, we worked out together Friday, and the previous week we had lifted pretty heavy when we worked out with Justin. And so then that, that following week, I wanted to go light. Adam wanted to go light. You know, our bodies were hurting a little bit. So he was coming down. He's going to work out at the gym I used to own. And we both, you know, decided, hey, let's kind of go easy. And so I said, this is a great time to use progressive resistance. So rather than deadlifting 500 plus pounds, we had 315 pounds on the bar. And I attached a band around it, a really strong black band. And I attached it away from us. So it's down and away. So when you pull the bar up, not only are you getting that progressive resistance where it's harder and harder as you pull the bar up because that's what a band does but you have to you also have to kind of pull the bar into yourself and lean back because it's going to pull you up on your toes so we did like what would we do like five sets of five reps real mm-hmm. fast just mm-hmm. fast reps easy just explosive then we put four plates on because i wanted i and and this wasn't really even supposed to be part of the workout but i just want to show adam what it felt like how did that four plate deadlift felt oh it was, tri- well, it was a trip because just like the band, when you first pull it off the ground, you don't notice a huge difference. But then when you get about 50% through the lift and the and the lockout, you almost shoot back. Like it, all of a sudden the weight feels like it's so much Yeah, lighter. you want to fall, almost fell backwards. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> it, it was great. You know, and you know, something else that you, you, we did and and I think it's so important to explain to people too, when you're working on something like that, like a power, 
you know, movement and thinking that way. So much of that is mental. A lot of people think that, you know, doing something like a power exercise like that, you just, it, it, you, you have to like concentrate on when you getting first, your form and yes, exploding out and firing correctly like that. Right. if you want it to be effective and we're it's not just power does it mean you just lift a heavy weight no and, and no and, and it's it's if anything so strength is a heavy weight power is actually a lighter weight you actually grab a lighter weight we yeah. had 315 exactly that's what i mean we were and light. which is you know normally if i'm doing five reps i could go up to i could go as heavy as 500 pounds so 315 is a lot lower we have a band attached to it, so it's a little heavier, but not really. And um, it's light because we're focusing on the speed, the boom off the off the ground and bring it down real tight and controlled. The boom off the ground and bring it down nice and controlled. And you don't get taxed. You don't feel like you're, you know, we don't feel like we jacked our backs up or got super. But you could tell the next day. You could tell like, oh yeah, I feel I feel good. And and wouldn't you say too? The, the and here's the I know we talked a little bit about this before the the debate on mind muscle connection. And this is where I feel like this is where that mind muscle connection comes in. Is that by concentrating like that and focusing, you now are gonna you're gonna activate and recruit different fibers that you probably wouldn't have done totally. if you're just ripping it up and not paying totally. attention. You know, so totally, totally, yeah. So I feel like those kinds of techniques can be utilized by uh, physique, you know, figure, you know, people on stage, competitors. Um, everything from chains and bands. I predict uh, we're going to see much more of that being used um, with uh, you know presentation athletes. Um, different variations of certain lifts. Like we know the barbell squat's great, but there's bottom position squats where you could start the squat from the bottom with with a rack. You could do negatives. You could do rack squats. You could do you know box squats. All these different variations that that were typically reserved for strength athletes. But they build so much muscle. Oh, and we're gonna start to see this kind of shit. It's such a you know. I'm glad you pointed that out because it it reminds me of what I've been all fired up about lately is <clears throat> when I scroll through my my Instagram feed and I look at all my the other my uh, peers, all the other pro men's physique guys out there and in bodybuilders too. Everybody preaches to fucking intensity, and it drives me nuts, oh, yeah. dude. It's and I and it used because it's because you have all these kids that are coming up, you know, whether you're in your teens or early twenties or even mid twenties or whatever, and you're really getting into training, and you see all these guys these that you look up to, and it's just all their post and everything they show is just crazy intensity. It's just how hard can you go? So when you when you see that, you can't help but as a kid think that like that's the answer. Like I just don't train hard enough. God, he trains so hard. Oh man, I mean, and and you're going into these workouts like trying to uh, to mirror that, you know, like to try and uh, to replicate what these guys are doing. And you, it doesn't have. I hate you know what? I hate to break this to everybody who's listening right now, but if it was as easy as just training hard, a lot more people would look amazing. If it was, if that's all it was, if all it was was yeah. just go bust your ass and you'll get great results, then uh, that you would see a lot more fit people because a lot of people go to the gym and sure, there's a lot of people that don't work out hard at all. I'm talking about the gym rats. I'm talking about the people who want to look muscular, who really want to change their bodies. A lot of them over apply intensity. I, you know, and I, I fell for the same shit as a kid. I know Adam, yes, you do the same I, thing. Yes. I think if you, the way you need to look at your workout is look at it uh, uh, like it. You know, like a like a project. Like, okay, wh- how am I going to make this effective? How is my body responding? What am I going to do next week? Approach it with that kind of intellectual approach, and then, of course, when you go in your workouts and you need to go hard, go hard, um, and watch what happens to your body rather than just going and hammering the shit out of yourself every time. 
Well, I think of it the same analogy. I go back to the house. I mean, think about putting the, anybody that's ever watched the house get built or if you've been around it, putting a house up and you forget the framing and you're doing that. If you fucking rush it and you're slamming nails in really quick and you're just slapping the walls up to try and get through it as quick as you possibly can and put the roof on it as quick as you can so you can move into it as fast as you can, you're going to have a shit house. Mm -hmm. Take your time. Dude, I put it, frame it right. Exactly. Put the nails in correctly. Take, you know what I'm saying? Like I've had, I can, I've had, uh, more than a few people who've hired me in the past who were advanced. And when I say advanced, I mean these people working out five, six days a week for years, had great looking bodies, great performance in the gym, would come in, would hire me for one or two workouts, just give them advice. And I, this is what I would say to them. Don't go to failure anymore. And they'd look at me like I was crazy. i say, just don't do that. Just do that for now and watch what happens. Sure enough, every single one would stop going to failure. Strength would start climbing. And they start building muscle well, every single time. Well, let's talk about what happens when you do that. So like some guys do, let's say the average, you know, gym rat that goes in and they do the body, typical body part split and it's chest day. And they're going to do four to five exercises, of the chest, three to five sets per one or per exercise. And by the first exercise, they're already taking the chest to failure by their second and third exercise. They're lifting probably 50% of the weight they would have if they would have taking the, the the previous exercise to two in the tank always and never going to failure. And it's all, and when you think about it from a, a volume perspective, like volume is sets, reps and weight over, over that time. So if you look at after you get done with your 15 sets that you did of chest, if the back half of them were done and your central nervous system's fried and you're trying to lift his weight. That's the big thing, the central nervous system. Cause I notice when I go to failure, yes. it requires, it, it taxes my central nervous system way more than my muscles. Cause I can hammer, I can actually hammer my muscles harder, not going to failure yes. by doing different exercises and doing different, you know, techniques and sets. But the central nervous system gets so fucking fried. And I know this because after I'm done, I feel like, crawling into bed simple way I, I test somebody on this is i go okay pick an exercise you kind of know your strength on like and they'll and like let's say it's dumbbell presses and i'll go or tell me an exercise that you do to finish finish off your last exercise you did the last time you did chest and someone says okay i, I finish up on on chest flies or dumbbell flies or chest presses whatever it is and i go okay well what do you typically do weight wise oh somewhere between this because you know it's the end of my exercise and i'm concentrating on form or whatever reason they say they're doing that and i go okay now i want you to do all the same shit you did like you did last week but save two in the tank on every single set do not go to failure on any of them and then tell me how much weight and then try and go to your failure on your last one on your very last exercise and tell me how much weight you push and they always can push way more weight mm -hmm. than what they normally could because they're normally fried by the time they get to that. It's a big one. Yeah, and then it all it's all like I said it's all math. It doesn't if if you're fried by that and you're lifting 20% less weight, well if you would have just saved that that 20% earlier on in your workout, you're you're going to push 30 40% more weight towards Crazy. the end. So let me ask you this Adam, if you do decide to compete, would it be uh in the IFBB or would you go to the NPC Global oh, or wow. Well, or you can't answer. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I, I would say I can't answer right now. And the reason why I can't answer, I have no loyalty anywhere. So like, that's you just got to look and that's see. That's another thing that annoys the shit out of me right now. You see all these guys that are posting on there like, I'm loyal to the IFBB. Well, IFBB hasn't given me shit. They gave me a contract that I fucking paid for. So I don't I, have any loyalty. I think a lot of them uh, say that because they were told to. Yeah, I have a feeling that they had the same thing too. I think it's it's it shows the immaturity on their part to post some shit like that because 
because what do you what do you know about the league that's coming and that's about to open? I have no, I don't know that much. I know I probably know a lot more than the average person. I still don't know enough. But if that guy is going to offer, if that league opens up and they offer me a contract where I actually get paid, you know, just to be have a contract with you, or I get paid for shows no matter what, just for showing up, like I'm going to be very interested. I'm going to listen. I'm going to. I want to know. I want to know more about it. So you know, you know what that makes you what smart. <laughs> yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, subscribe to Mind Pump, and please do not forget to rate and review us. Love you guys. Love it. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. For more information about this show and to get valuable free resources from Sal, Adam, and Justin, visit us at www.mindpumpradio.com. Until next time, this is Mind Pump.